Hosting for this podcast is made possible through mtgcast.com, which is supported by a generous contribution from quietspeculation.com, Magic's premier trading and financial news site. Live from the Tabernacle of Pendrel Vale, it's the Slam Dunklers. Hello and welcome to the Slam Dunklers podcast, and a special welcome to everyone here on MTGCast giving us a listen. We uh, got accepted on there. We're going to be your hopefully normal Friday before FNM guys, and we hope to bring you some interesting insights from the Buffalo area as well as the global community. I'm going to introduce ourselves here. Uh, I know all the, the players, people who already listen to us already know us, so know us, love us. Lie about loving us. Yeah, at least at least one of those things. <laughs> yeah. So I am Joe Shea. I am one of your one of your podcast hosts. I am a, an L1 judge. I am a follower of competitive magic, following constructed formats, especially legacy. I love homebrew decks. I love playing jank. I love back of the binder junk rares. And like uh like uh uh Prater's Grass. <laughs> Prater's Grass, Trading Post, Blog. Blog Brew Witch. That would be an awesome blog name. Blog Brew Witch. Blog Brew Witch. Ooh, man, that that patent pending on that. I am. One. We're I got. Need... I got to register that right now. Yeah, you better register that right now because that's really good. <laughs> yeah. So on top of that, I I'm an avid trader. Um, kind of like a local trade guru. So um, that's kind of who I am. And John is my co-host. John does stuff. What do you do, John? Yeah, I uh, I'm more. I focus more on the. Uh, well, by the way, I'm John Blevins. Uh, Blevins. Fo- <laughs> Most people just call me Blevins, whatever. But uh, I focus more on competitive magic, um, m- focusing mainly on limited. That's what I uh, love to do. That's pretty much why I've stayed in magic for so long is because of limited, draft especially, although I love sealed too. And I'll, I'll play constructed if I uh, am interested in standard. Modern every once in a while tickles the fancy. And, um, you know, I'll play I'll play pretty much anything that I need to for a Grand Prix. Yes, and we also have a third member of the, the Slam Dunklers crew, uh, Justin Baumgartner. He is... He's like the the behind the scenes tech guy who does all of the great things for our live podcast. He takes care of media stuff. He he does pretty much all the adult work. Yeah, all the stuff that uh, you know someone who actually needs to know how to do something does. Yeah. It's amazing <laughs> what a skill set will do for you. Get you hanging out with us. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, in general, we do the podcast to um, help our local players do do well in big tournaments to help grow the community to promote basketball we love 90s basketball yep and baseball too and, and baseball shout outs to kirby puckett and marquise grissom shout outs to marquise grissom marquise grissom is the only reason we're friends <laughs> pretty convinced yep but yeah on top of that we we'd like to you know just keep it not out of the the buffalo area but you know help other players grow their communities and do well and become part of our community because uh, magic is a global game and you're not just associated with the people you play with, you know, at your local store or things like that. And it comes down to also, you know, the friends you meet at tournaments and the people you talk to online about magic. And, you know, it's all kind of a big network of people. And we want to expand our network and meet new people and share our awesome thoughts with them. Yeah. So, yeah, we, um, we're trying to do all that. And I don't know, I guess just grow the community and have have a lot of fun while doing it and we yeah, have we have a lot of fun. <laughs> that's so, yeah. pretty much all we do is have fun. We don't really do much productive. But. Yeah. Really. <laughs> yeah, so there's, there's for the new listeners, I mean, this is going to be more of like a hey, we're the Slam Dunklers, get to get to know us who we are and all that stuff for the first little section and we 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 do use some, some terminology, some references, some some sayings and there's there's a little bit of hate, you some know. Some jargon. A little bit of jargon, the Dunkler jargon that you might need to get used to and for those Buffalo players who might not know us that well. You just know, started listening to the podcast. Uh, it'd be good for them to to understand what some of this stuff means. So, John, I'm gonna throw some terms your way and just just explain it and, and give the the best description why we use it, what it is, what it means, and just justify some of these these things for us. Sure. How, how about the term shitties? Yeah, shitties. The, the best way to describe what uh, what the shitty uh, what the term is is. Uh, how we uh, how we greet each other whenever we see each other or or whenever we uh, you know start the Skype call for the podcast it's always what up shitty every time uh, it's really just like a term of endearment uh, you know we 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 just joke around about how bad we are I mean it's not a real thing it's not like I'm like oh you did really terrible that was really shitty like like not like that it's always like a 
uh, like a term of endearment or a uh, I don't know. It's the, uh, yeah, it's it's never meant it's never it. meant to be mean or rude or anything like that. It's it's exactly it's a it's a fun term to describe another player more often than not or just a random player. Yeah. So it, it will be used possibly very frequently depending on it definitely how many bad beats we have. <laughs> But yeah, so it's if you hear us talk about it, players, or talk about you, the listener, um, <laughs> don't take it personally. Yeah, shitty's being shitty, man. Shitty's being shitty. And then the best thing, if you play League of Legends or Dota, you always have shitty's calling shitty shitty. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, we also we have a superstar. I- I'm gonna just make him our correspondent, <laughs> Alex Bianchi. Yeah. Shout outs to Alex Bianchi. Shout outs to Alex Bianchi. We love giving shout outs, and we love giving shout outs to Alex Bianchi in particular. Yep. Um, he just merits them all the time. Yes. What What has Alex Bianchi done to warrant shoutouts? All right. So the main thing, besides being a you know close personal friend and, and whatnot at our local store and all that stuff, he's the game day champion, the premier game day champion, uh, and and he'll always be the game day champion of my heart. Um, not to mention, I believe one, possibly two PTQ top eights. Um, he. Won a Super Sunday Sealed tournament, at which uh, where he qualified for the I don't know what the actual event is called. The where he special gets to go event play. in Wizards headquarters. The special event at Wizards headquarters later this year, or maybe next year. I don't I don't know. Um, he also uh, made it to the finals of the Mana Deprived Open Series uh, a couple months ago. I think um, he also writes for Mana Deprived. He, he does. He does in fact write um, articles for Mana Deprived. Um, Yes, and and yeah, just we don't just give him shout outs because he's a great player or things like that. Just because he's a great human being and individual. Yeah. Yep. I mean, and that's really all you could ask for out of someone. Yep. <laughs> stand up guy. Stand up guy. Shout outs to Alex Bianchi. Yes. Shout out to all th- the stand out guys everywhere. Yeah. So it, just it, Alex Bianchi. It, it, the best thing is we were doing one of the live podcasts, and this guy that neither of us knew personally comes up to us while we're casting, and he just goes, shout out to Alex Bianchi. And I'm like, this guy obviously has no idea who Alex Bianchi really is, and it's like, that, that is awesome. That's what we're here for, the shout yeah. outs to Bianchi. We're making him a, a, a household name. I want to make that a meme so bad. Like, if Bianchi, <laughs> like, won a GP, I want the, I want the like, headline on the Wizards page to be shout outs to Alex Bianchi. That would be so awesome. We're doing it. If, we, if, if we I get... ever top eight anything, like, relevant, I'm 100% just saying shout outs to Alex Bianchi the first thing I say. Not close. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, and then we, we have this other little ongoing, you know, so we love Alex Bianchi so much. But, you know, you can't just be filled with just love. There's got to be a little bit of hate there. Got to be a little bit of hate. Usually we, more hate than not. Yes, and, and we're haters, and we got to hate. It's just it's, it's in our blood. So yeah. we hate uh, a Magic player. I, I don't want to call him a pro because he's he's <laughs> like the amateur hour of professional Magic players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, this is Mr. Tom Martell. Yeah, absolutely. If Go go back, listen to some of the episodes. You will tell <laughs> in almost every episode we are hating on Tom Martell. He, he apparently just... Um, from the the stories we've heard from local Buffalo players and other players, he he often tries to scumbag wins at pro tours, and tries to rules lure you, and really doesn't do it in the spirit of the game. So so Tom Martell, he's just we feel he's a bad person. We feel he he's oh God. <laughs> Don't even get started on Tom Martell. <laughs> just just look at him. Yeah. Um, I've. I know people get flustered under the feature match, but yeah. I mean, he he looks as though he's been in the oven on 350. Yeah, he listens like a holiday ham when on when on feature match. You know, and we will we will give an open invite to Mr. Tom Martell if he wants to come on the show. We we will talk about this. We'll discuss this. Maybe we'll try to bury the hatchet. But he's probably yeah, maybe he if we can refer him to some like anti sweat pills that he can take before the feature match. I mean, I know they make those. <laughs> They're like salt pills or something that you can take to kind of reduce your. <laughs> yeah, we might have someone like dab him. Have dab him, him with a, have with a towel. Him dab himself on with a Dunkler's beach towel. Oh, that would be now. That's he would <laughs> he would get some shout outs for that. Yeah, we would shout out Tom Martell for the first time if that were the case. Here's hoping for his, for his <laughs> sake. So. Yes, um, yeah, that's who we are. That's what we do. We, uh, you know, we're here to just talk about dumb stuff, talk about magic, talk about whatever you guys want to hear about, or things like that. You know, we do dumb deck techs or the build decks based on what people want. I'm working on some random EDH five color deck because people want want it built, so I'm doing a little, you know, build as you go with input from listeners. 
So that little project I'll, I'll introduce later on in another yep. episode, and we can uh, maybe involve the whole magic community on this. Yep. So, yes, today, if, if it's, up, it's up for Friday, it will be the day before pre-release day. So it's like Christmas Eve for the Magic player. We've got a new block coming out. we got all these new cards. So immediately just snap tie off the new cards. Not something I do. I want to no. uh, – that's, that's me. You know, everyone's excited. I don't care. I want to I wanna look back at Innistrad block and talk about all the cards that just they – did, they did their job. They were amazing. Or, you know, cards that were just so well-designed or things like that that are going away. Yep. And I want to give some major props to the top eight cards – in a Strahd block. Yep, and we, we the, you got to think of this F and M on Friday. This is like the senior night for all the in block and M thirteen cards. I mean, they, this they is their, all need to see their. They all get they all get playing time, right? Yep, they're all getting playing time. This is their last chance. I mean, this is their last high school game. Their last high school F and M. I mean, some of the guys, you know, the Lilianos of the world are going to be playing in in college, aka modern or, or even legacy, the pros. But uh, you know, some of the guys, and I think these are the ones we're going to highlight. Are this is their this is their swan song? No card pun intended. Because uh, there is a card called Swan Song now, <laughs> which is ironically in the new set, which, yeah, which is uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is their Swan Song, which hasn't come out yet, but yeah, this is uh, you know, some of these cards. This is going to be their last hurrah. So yes, let's uh, let's look back at a few of them, John. I picked a few of my personal favorites, a few that I think you'll be surprised. I remember that you like, and a couple of cards that I just thought were really good and flavorful. So how about we look at the Undead Alchemist? Personally, I love this card. Uh, it's in a Strahd rare. For, just for the most part, he was really flavorful, and he warped the game. When you when you got him in a pack, you're like, okay, I'm going zombies, and yep. just blue black zombies, mill zombies. It it was just it was awesome because you, you get some combat damage in, you grow your zombie, you know, you grow grab a zombie or two, and it just starts to become overwhelming. You're just throwing zombies at it, just trying to get some damage in the mill and get more, and it really, they just expanded big time, and things got really out of hand quickly. Personally, I know I drafted him a bunch. I was known for just loving Undead Alchemist. Anytime I, I'd get him, I would never pass him. So he was yeah, either my, he, my little part cards. Yeah, he, he, he used to type a card that, you know, you could go your blue-black zombies, or you could just put him in, in the mill deck, or, you know, he's just a solid guy. I mean, he could do all the work himself, really. You didn't even need to go zombies to make him good. Yeah, it's, he was very solid, despite the fact he kind of looked like Clayface on the art. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So um, on top of that, it also, you know, it's the only real, uh, you know, real card from from Innistrad that was kind of niche and never really saw too much play, but was awesome and limited. So shout outs to Innistrad Draft. Yes. Shout the most number of shout outs to Innistrad Limited Draft, especially Triple Innistrad. Even. Triple Not, Innistrad. I mean, it's got to be Dark Triple Ascension Innistrad. was fine too, but Triple Innistrad was just the best format I've ever played in my entire life. Not close. Yeah, there's so many, so many different archetypes. You you would just you draft them, and, and if you never read up on the archetypes and things like that, you would just randomly discover them. Yeah, and, and that it was, was kind so of great. Awesome. And you discover them late too. I mean, I was playing, I played it through its whole entirety, and like the last like couple weeks, I was playing it. I found new, I was still finding new decks to build, to draft. It was it was just, and the, the cards were flavorful. They were you know well balanced. It was just oh man, such a great set. Yep. Burning Vengeance decks. There were spider spawning decks. There were zombies. There were human beats. There were there were just so many different ways you could go. There was like Selesnya, like pump your guys. Yeah. It was just. Uh, yep. Travel preps. Travel preparations. Yep. Not to be confused with Traveler's Amulet. Yeah. Traveler's Amulet, the ultimate first pick. Oh God. The ultimate <laughs> first pick. You just windmill slam Traveler's Amulet, right? Yeah. Pack one, pick one. I mean, just forget the rare. Forget if it's like a Falcon Wrath Marauders or something. Yeah. Forget the Falcon Math. Wrath Marauders in the pack. Just windmill slam that Traveler's Amulet. Yeah, and um, Traveler's Amulet is actually back. In That's Theros. right. In Theros. So, I'm going to so be windmill slamming it, right? All those, all those <laughs> drafters who, who want to put color fixing over bombs, you, you yeah. will get rewarded again until you're playing for picks. Yeah, screw that. Screw that uh, that Elspeth. I'm taking the, the Traveler's Amulet. <laughs> you, can't, you can't cast Elspeth if you don't have the white for it, right? That's true. You need double white. Yep. Oh God! <laughs> so yeah, how about how about a shout out to Arctic Avon? This card, I don't know if you remember. If you, I don't know if anyone remembers it. It's a two-one flyer from M13. It uh, was blue and two colors, I believe. And then if you had a planes, it was a three-two, and you could pump it for a white to give it lifelink. 
this card did work. It was it really showed players how good you know just a bomb uncommon was instead of you know slamming the rare. Like this uncommon won so many games. Yeah, I mean it, it was better than a lot of the rares in the set. And it, it really it, it would just it fit very well with the archetype of just blue white flyers. It, it benefited from just have just being a blue guy. It had the the white probability for planes. And if you were in this archetype, Arctic Avon was it was just so powerful. I mean, it was no Sarah Angel, but it was very comparable to, to just, it's, it was like a three drop Sarah Angel, effectively. Just, yeah, it, just, it was like impossible to race. Yeah, and, I, and there's probably you know one or two cards that would actually race it, and I'm pretty sure one of them is Sentinel Spider. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much shut that guy down real quick. So, do you remember when Sarah Angel was a rare? Do you remember when Sarah Angel was like the premier finisher in in, uh, in Magic? I mean, it was yeah. a while back. It was a while back, but to have it in green as a common is pretty unbelievable. It's absurd. Like, yeah, how, it, how do you it, beat a deck that drafts Sentinel Spiders? Yeah, I mean, and the decks should have like three of them at the beginning when people didn't realize that it's like an insane bomb common. Like, and and then there was even the um, the the ranger or the whatever wild that beast hunter or whatever wild beast hunter that could uh search for uh yeah yeah you could get him and it's like oh god that's so good and then the ramp in the set so you get him on turn three or four usually turn four but oh god it was so it was so crazy and it was, it's a type of card that like if if you're a newer player and you don't play limited that much it's kind of hard to <clears throat> judge how good cards are based uh, like in limited, like if all you play is like your standard F and I've never drafted before, you think a four four for five. Well, it's like that's not even playable in constructed. But then you realize in like core set limited that that's just bonkers, especially when it's got a relevant uh, two relevant abilities. Reach and vigilance. Yeah, it's like uh, you're not getting me in the air, which is another thing. Like um, green traditionally is weak to the air, especially in core set limited. But it's like, yep, I've got the air gummed up and I'm. Bash in for four without you know fear of a, a counter attack. Yeah, yeah. A card was ju just just bomby cards right there. I mean the the Arctic Avon cycle. I'm glad it's gone because we don't need Flinthoff Boron anymore. Yeah, but, no. Flinthoff Bor Flinthoff is going to a, a crappy D three or D one college. He'll he'll <laughs> he'll play. He'll sit the bench at a crappy D three college, but I mean, he'll get some PT. But you know, a little bit. Yeah. He doesn't get a shout out. So how about how about a shout outs to the Hell Vault, John? I'd like to give one, but I don't think I can. What uh, what uh, give me give me the Hell Vault props. What do you what do you think about Hell Vault? Uh, I mean, Hell Vault is a it's a fine it's a fine very flavorful uh, legendary artifact from Dark Ascension. Or was it? Yeah, it was Dark Ascension. Yes. Um, you know the card itself never really saw play. Although I did play against a Hell Vault deck, uh, but that's a different story. <laughs> um. And, uh, you know, it, it never really, uh, the, the ability was just too much to really, uh, seven mana to seven mana exile a guy. That's of one of their guys. Yeah. yeah. It's like, that's just too much, but you know, it's, it's an EDH playable card. Um, the, the whole thing with the hell vault though, and why I won't give it props is because how wizards handled the, uh, the hell vault promotion for the Avison restored pre-release. It was, uh, so for those of you who didn't, who didn't play, although it was relatively recently, so it's probably a lot of you that did. But, um, you know, basically as a, one of the pre-release promotions, instead of doing like the guild packs, they had uh, just a regular pre-release, but there was a, uh, an achievement list. Every time you did one of the achievements, you got to take off a little piece of this physical hell vault, which was filled with goodies, which we didn't actually know what they were going in, although we did because someone spoiled it online. But uh, And then when once you got all the pieces off, you got to open it and you got to see the prizes. The prizes were oversized cards. Um, yeah, Angels, um, Angels Avison, and Bruna, Gisela. Yeah, the Legendary Sagata, Angels from Avison and, and Resort Brand, yes. and Brand. There were dice, and then there were two-sided uh, Angel and Demon tokens, which is, you know, it was all right. That stuff's kind of, you know, for, for casual players, that's really cool. For competitive players, if it's not worth money and it's not useful, it's usually not, you know, a big thing for us. But, you know, it's still it's still nice. You can't really complain about getting free stuff. It, it was really like the um, first pre-release yeah. they kind of, well, they, they kind of did, I mean, I'll give them credit. They, they, Mirrod and Besiege did it a little bit. Yeah, Mirrod and Besiege was kind of cool with the special packs. But but for this one, it was, you know, they really, it was the first time they really took time and effort to do something do something really awesome for the uh, the pre-release. So we got to give them some credit for that. But I think they had a little flap. I'm pretty sure I know what you're talking about here. So uh, so what what was that the was, issue? Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, there's two 
or there's at least two types of stores. There's like the regular one and there's Premier stores. I don't there's know like if those Premier, there's Core, there's there's a bunch. Yeah. So if you're a certain size store, you get a certain amount of volume. You get like upgraded to the Premier store. Well, out of the number of Premier stores in the U.S., uh, I think about 30 got I think it was 30. quote unquote special Hell Vaults, which uh, contain the same things except the oversized cards are foil, the tokens were foil. And they also randomly had packets of judge foils, which ranged from Decree of Justices to Demonic, Demonic Tutors. Tutors, Exalted so, Angel. Yeah, I think when it came out, someone did the math. Those foil hell vaults were worth something like 2 million percent more than <laughs> the regular ones. Like, it, it, it was just insane. Like, yeah, going to, didn't going to a pre release, though, like, just based on the math, if you go into a pre release, you would get. About four to five hundred dollars worth of stuff if you had had a special yep. one, and if you went to a regular one, you'd probably get about three dollars worth of stuff right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, those those oversized non foil cards are worth nothing. The tokens are worth nothing, and the dice are worth however much a random spin dollar. Worth. Yeah, dollar. Those are easy dollars. Um, but yeah, the thing is that they Wizards didn't announce it like that. They weren't like, oh, if you're one of the lucky stores, you get a foil one. So like people are like hoping that like they get the foil one. It was. Oh, we're not gonna say, and some random people are randomly gonna get foil ones. It's like, uh, it's just, it just. I remember doing, being at the pre-release and being like, ugh, this just feels bad that someone got like eight hundred thousand dollars, and the disparity is is crazy too. Yeah. But you know, it was. I think I think Wizards learned from it, and I think that they'll do a better job. And but you know, the concept was really good. Was really good. I like how they make the pre-release events like a, an actual. Like a an event more than magic. I think that's really cool that they started doing that, especially since they got rid of player rewards, which a lot of people loved. They have to do something cool, and this is you know it's comparable to player rewards in terms of how cool it is. But you know, some people would argue that player rewards is better. But you know, it, it doesn't really matter. We're getting something cool at least. Yeah. So uh, I wish that one promotion had gone a bit better. I personally love love the foil the foil rare oversized cards. And they're, they're just, like, impossible to find anywhere. They're, they're selling for $100 on Star City each. They're just no one has them. I mean, yeah. they probably only have about maybe 1,200 in existence. And a good chunk of those are probably in the hands of casual players who just have them sitting somewhere or destroyed them or, or whatever. So, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. I mean, I wish the promotion had, had done better. But yeah. it, it was a good first try, but the hell vault we love. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So how about uh, one of the most flavorful cards we are ever, ever going to see in Zombie Apocalypse? Yeah, definitely a flavor 10 out of 10. Yeah, and just all, all the zombies come back and then all the humans die. Uh, it was a great game day promo. The iron looked really cool. Unfortunately, for six mana in a format that zombies really, really kind of lost traction after the first few weeks, didn't really see any play. Uh, I think uh, yeah. It, it, the, I think it, wizards needed to handicap handicap the cards so zombies just didn't get way too powerful. Yeah, I think that if it were if they would have made it a little more aggressive, it could have been too good. Um, you know, getting like the, having to use mass removal to kill zombies and then having them be able to a just randomly get value by killing your humans, but also rebuy all your zombies at a like reduced cost is just probably a little too much uh, yeah. considering the popularity of zombies. Yeah, there weren't that many enters the battlefield zombies, but you know, Garolf's messenger is just two two each is pretty pretty strong. Yeah. So that was kind of a thing. Um, so yeah, those are those are some cards you gave some props to. I'm I'm giving the special. The sp- these are getting Letterman jackets right here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. These, these are, are getting fifty dollar uh, college scholarships. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> Go we to community to, college. These are some shots. These are some cards that I I love and cards that you love. I, I chose one for me and I chose two for you. Um, my card has to be Tammy of the Moon Sage. Uh, it's, I mean, it's a Planeswalker, and it's not the Tybalt Planeswalker. So it, it did Whoa. see. Shout outs to Tybalt. Shout outs I to love Tybalt. Tybalt. I love Tybalt as well. But at the same time, Tammy saw a lot of play in standard. I don't. I think she's she's too expensive for for modern and legacy. So uh, she should probably be in a cube here and there. She'll probably be in commander decks and casual decks. But I I, I have played Tammy for about two years. I, I love Tamiyo. It's, it's one of my favorite cards. I've probably gotten a Tamiyo emblem about 100 to 200 times, and I've, I've never lost. I've never lost with a Tamiyo emblem. 
it, it's 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 just been guaranteed. You just, I I don't know how you can lose with a Tamio emblem. I, I've lost with a Tamio emblem in limited. In limited, I can see that happening, but yeah. in, in constructed, it's it's literally the probably the best card you can ever have, and it's just it's just an emblem. Yeah, best, I, best card you can ever have. I have also at the same time had a Tamio emblem in limited while I was miracling foil bonfire. <laughs> <laughs> Four pack sealed. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good one. That was when Bonfire Foil was like sixty tickets, so that was a, a pretty good open. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Tamio. Oh, I also Neil. Neil and I shout outs to Neil Laporte. Neil Laporte, uh, uh, who works at Dark Forest Games, one of the owners. Yeah, uh, the owner. store that John John lives at Dark Forest. I'm in Dark Forest Games right now. Pretty awesome. And, uh, Coming to you live from Dark Force Games. Yep, which is what we'll be doing tonight for those listening on Friday. <laughs> Friday yes, um, Friday night we are doing a live Slam Dunkers podcast at the Dark Forest Midnight pre-release. It's going to be awesome. There'll be, there'll be feature matches, player interviews, deck techs. We're going to go. We're, we're also doing a toga party for this. It's going to be awesome. We will give major, major shout-outs to everyone who comes dressed up in togas. Or, or Greek apparel, it's going to be fun, hopefully just a great, great event, and we will make sure we do videos, pictures, post it up on, on the internet for you guys to enjoy. So for the Greek theme, I was thinking I might want to do something like topical and just go as like devalued currency, but I don't know if anyone would, uh, I don't know if people would get that. I'm Greek currency, I'm yeah, worth 30 I'm, cents on the dollar. I, I'm absolute. I'm worth less than Bluffin's bucks or my QB <laughs> print quota. <laughs> But um, oh, so uh, Neil and I were talking, and uh, we came up with all the, the like iterations of like how the senior night thing works for cards. So standard is high school, like high school basketball. Okay. So you know everyone plays or whatever. If you're just a sideboard card, you're on the JV team. Not quite there. Makes sense. Uh, so going to play college ball is um, is modern. Pro is legacy or vintage, whatever you know. Pro yep. leagues. Uh, and for like the EDH and, um, cube, that's, that's beer league softball. <laughs> so we're like, Tamio is condemned to be playing beer league softball for the rest of her life. <laughs> what, uh, what would you relate vintage to? Is vintage like hall of fame or vintage might be hall of fame. Yeah. That, that would make sense. Hall of fame slash Panther in the hall of fame. Somehow. Slash Panther is a hall of fame card. Went straight, straight from limited to Hall of Fame. <laughs> so I, I used this is gonna sound awful, but I'm saying it anyway. Okay. Like so, yeah, I went from limited, which is like kind of like high school, to Hall of Fame. And the only way that really happens is if like there's this awful tragedy, <laughs> a car crash, and yeah, They're you like, know, hairs to the knights, the theme yeah. song. Yeah. <laughs> if LeBron James in high school had been like hit by a car or something, he would have went straight from high school to the Hall of Fame. He not would have been slash not fan. even LeBron. Doesn't have to be LeBron. Could just be any, any you know, third. Any any you know third year third year JV player, you know, couldn't make it. He had a heart of gold, but he really tried. He just didn't have the skills. <laughs> you know, boating accident happens. You put him in the Hall of Fame. So Travis Wu Hall of Fame. Travis Wu. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shout out to T Wu. Yes. Who I I hope listens to the podcast at some point. That'd be awesome. I mean, another thing about Tamio too is like this is probably going to be the only Tamio printing. Like she's not yeah. really like a core story. Yeah, she's this is this is the Tamio rookie card, man. The Tamio rookie card. Yeah, the first printing of a Planeswalker is the rookie card. So like Jace from Lorwyn is the rookie card. <laughs> Tybalt from Avison Restored, rookie card. Tamio rookie card. Soren Lord of Innistrad, not rookie card. Soren Markov rookie card from Zendikar. From Zendikar. So we gotta we gotta get the special top loaders that say rookie the, card. Yeah, the, the, the the rookie card top loaders <laughs> for the for the. I want to collect all the the Planeswalker rookie cards. <laughs> So yeah, so those are those are my cards, John. I, you know, we've drafted a lot, we've done limited a lot, we've done constructed a lot. So I can I came with two for you. Let me know. Let me know what you think. All right. Um, one of yours. It's it's got to be homicidal seclusion. Oh yes, absolutely homicidal seclusion. Everything about this card is my is my uh, my invitational card from Avison Restored. The uh, first off, the picture. It, it's hilarious. It's a guy in a house like screaming, like just going crazy, and with a knife. With a knife, yeah. And Alan Waiters, shout out to Alan Waiters, and I came up with that's that's me losing to Vinny Shavetta. That's that's <laughs> what the picture of homicidal seclusion is. I just lost to Vinny, and I'm just screaming at the top of my lungs in the, in my house, the, going crazy. 
The Vinny Shibeta is the player at your local game store who cannot buy a win. First, first. John? Everyone was like, oh, yeah, white lost, is OP. Lost you there for a second. Lost you there for a second. My, you got me? Yeah, we're good. We're good. We're good. Okay. Um, yeah, first time I ever drafted Everson Restored, uh, everyone was like, oh, white is OP. Everyone's going to be drafting white. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to you know, get as far away from white as possible, and I'm getting all these black cards, and I get like a fifth pick homicidal seclusion. I'm reading it. I'm like, oh, it's a five-man enchantment. It's probably bad. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, oh, it gets plus two, plus one, and whatever, if you get that. If it's the only creature, I'm like, oh, this is terrible. Then I read that it's not an aura. I thought it was an aura when I first read it. So I'm like, okay, this card is actually insane. And uh, I, I ended up getting three in the first draft I did, and I crushed every time I played it. And people are like, when, like, when I showed people my deck, and they're like, why the, hell, why the heck are you playing the, that five-mana enchantment? I'm like, because uh, it's not an aura. Half the people were like, oh, man, it's not an aura? Jeez, that card's good. And the other <laughs> half were like, yeah, but, like, you have to commit to having one creature. That just makes your one creature susceptible to removal. <gasps> Excuse me. And uh, I go, uh, what removals in Avacyn restored? And they're like, uh, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so your guy's, like, unkillable. Uh, he's huge, and he you can never race it. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I won a ton off Homicidal Seclusion. I was known for drafting Homicidal Seclusion. People knew that I was going to try to draft it as much as possible. And, uh, yeah, it was a great card. So I don't know if that's the Blevins Invitational card. That card, it, it's it's very you, but how about this one? Think about this one. Mist Raven. Uh, yep, that's the one, Mist Raven. That, so, is, that is the Blevins card right there. That is the Blevins card. I That's have... Blevins High School Crush right there. Yeah, that, that's the one that got away. <laughs> into <laughs> yeah, the mist. Yeah, into the mist. Yep, Mist Raven. Uh, man, I, uh, you know, I'll, eventually after playing the format, uh, Epson Restored format, which is one of my favorite draft formats, me and Dan Stella, shout outs to Dan Stella, are the only people that really like that format. Uh, but, but once you've played it enough, you realize that you just pick either the green or the blue card in every pack, and you end up winning like 90% of the time. Um, so my story with uh, Miss Raven is was at a uh, a um, Star, City, Star City a Star City in Columbus uh, day two. Didn't want to play Legacy, and uh, we're doing a sealed tournament. Avison restored. Winner gets a foil complete foil set of Avison restored. So I'm like, okay, this is cool. It's 25 bucks or whatever. So it's a sealed term. I'm like, okay, I'll do it. Yeah, the first prize is like six, $700 at the time. Yeah, it was insane. Uh, so I opened my pool. Five on-color rares, blue and green. So the best the best colors, five on-color rares. The sixth rare was a cavern of souls. So just gravy in terms of value. <laughs> I had a Tamio, I had a Tamio, a um, Ulmold Tracker. I had... Uh, um, Dead, uh, Dead Eye Navigator. Uh, I had a bunch. I, I had some other ones too, but like, and I had two Miss Ravens. I had two Druids Familiars. Like every good green and or blue, common, uncommon, and like a bunch of the rares and mythics. I had a Tamio. Yeah, it was it was insane. Um, and you know, I crushed the I crushed the Swiss, and I'm like, uh, well, I, I knew I was gonna XO the Swiss, and then it cuts to top eight. I'm like, well, this is gonna stink. We're gonna have to draft. I'm gonna get a new deck. Whatever. Uh, that's fine. And they're like, yeah, so we don't have enough people to draft. So we're just going to keep playing with Sealed. And I'm like, that's awesome. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, ding, 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 ding. I can just <laughs> see the foils going across my eyes. And uh, so I, I win the first two rounds of the top eight, and I make it to the finals against someone who, at the time, I had no idea who it was. And uh, the guy comes up to me, and he's like, uh, so you want to split? And I'm like, thinking in my mind, I'm like, every time someone no-sirs the split, you get dream crushed. And I'm like... Eh, let's just play it out. I got greedy. I got real greedy. I mean, you haven't dropped a single game. It kind of makes. I, sense. I mean, that, that's true. It's I hard. Was, uh, I had won every single game. I went two zero in every match. I mean, uh, on, on top of that, it's, it's like, how do you split up a foil set? It isn't like you know, first place is cash, first place is you know, packs or store credit. Right. Yeah. The and the, it, it was it was crazy. So like it would have been it would have been like hours of like drafting the foil set or like figuring out the value and look that's not fun i wanted to keep the foil set and like look at it and like do all that stuff like i wanted to actually like have it not just have like a bunch of cards and basically just dollar signs um so i played it out uh game one he beats me i get i get blown out by a miracle terminus into a uh silver blade paladin and i'm like 
holy crap. I'm what gonna just, lose what this just in the happened? Finals. I'm going to lose in the finals. Holy crap. Uh, like, I had not lost a game the whole day. I'm like, oh, man, this is the deck that can beat me. He had a good blue-white, like, tempo deck. And I'm like, oh, geez, I can't beat Silverblade Paladin. So game two, you know, we play. I crush him because my deck was OP, and I can just have draws I can never lose. Like, double Druid's Familiar into Tamiyo draws I can just never lose. Um, so game three we're going, and it's a really close game, back and forth, back and forth. He uh, he uses Tamiya or um, <clears throat> he uses his Terminus and uh, you know I, I played around it so I didn't get too blown out I, you know come back build up a board he builds up a board uh, he gets a Silverblade Paladin out I end up using like my only way to kill it I think I used an Ulenwald Tracker to trade something for his um, Silverblade Paladin so I'm done with that but the game's going on it's going deep into turn into the turns you know we're getting low on deck uh, low and on I'm. Life. And we're getting low on life. We're both down to under 10 or maybe under 5. And we're, we're swinging back and forth. And I'm, I'm realizing that, like, in two turns I'm going to die. Uh, if I don't do anything, I'm not racing him. He's beating me by, like, one turn. Um, so I get it down. He does something. Uh, he, he does a, a big attack, and I have to trade a bunch of guys to not die. And he has one guy. And then he, second main face, he plays, like, an angelic wall or something. And I'm like, ugh, I'm not going to be able to swing through that. But I need to win this turn or else the counterattack kills me. I can't, if I if I don't attack here, I can leave it, I can uh, leave my guys back, but I have to just chump block and then I'm dead next turn. So I have to basically win this turn. Um, and I have the uh, Angelic Memorial, or I don't remember what the card's called, the three mana artifact that when you play a creature, you can make it a 3-3, three, three, uh, a 3-3 three, three flying angel. I'm like, okay, I need to A, play a creature, and B... Uh, kills guy. I have no cards in hand. I'm like, well, I can't believe I lost this. This is GG. So I rip my card and I'm like, well, this sucks. I lost, and it is Mist Raven. And I'm like, doing the math. I'm like, ding, 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 ding. My heart is like beating so fast. I slam the Mist Raven, bounces guy, attack, and there's about a, a, a two to three second period where my heart stops because I'm like. <laughs> If he has another, uh, he has a bunch of mana open and like two or three cards in hand. I'm like, if he has another uh, of that uh, instant that puts a creature on Banishing the bottom of my stroke. library. Banishing Stroke. If he has another one of those, because he already played one. If he has another one, I lose. And I'm like, he's like looking at his hand, shuffling his cards. And I'm like, he didn't slow roll me. I, I don't want anyone to think that he did. But it felt like he was because, you know, uh, time stopped. Someone paid six mana, cast time stop. And uh, I'm like... My, my heart is just beating so fast right now. It's like $600 on the line. And uh, I'm attacking. I'm like, combat attack. Looks at his cards, shuffles them, extends the hand, and I won. It was insane. And uh, I've kept that, that same Miss Raven. I kept it. I uh, I wrote, like, Blevins, Champion, like, drew on it a little bit, did a little stupid little altar. And that that is my most cherished magic card uh, I'm going to. Uh, I'm never trading it, and uh, yeah, people have made some ridiculous offers, <laughs> including dual lands, and I have no served them <laughs> without thinking twice. So here is a shout out to all those cards finished draw block. Um, we hope that they they wind up in decks and not in the back of binders or not in you know in thousand count boxes just sitting on the floor somewhere. We hope they get some use, and if we do, uh, they'll make me smile. Yeah, absolutely. So, yes, I, uh, moving on from that, uh, Grand Prix Detroit happened, um, happened last weekend, and I was there, um, a lot of the Buffalo crew went. I need to give some major shout-outs to a lot of people there, to a lot of things that happened. I gotta make sure it's known how, how great of a trip Detroit was. Um, first major shout-outs to Darren and Darren's mom. <laughs> Darren's mom was awesome. If if we had known in advance how awesome she was, we'd have tried to have gotten shirts that said Team Darren's Mom on it. <laughs> like she, we, we had 11 people crash at Darren's mom's house. Uh, just she was ultra nice, ultra friendly, cool to talk to. It was just just a great trip, and Darren did a good job. Yeah, well, I'll give him some credit. It was mostly his mom. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was it was really fun. The the trip was fun. Uh, Darren uh, Darren Darren's mom. Uh, they really sheltered. I said they, they were like besiege you who sheltered all. Eleven, <laughs> eleven people is a lot of people. Yeah. So it was really cool. Uh, we appreciate that. Um, 
We got to see Larry, uh, a Buffalo guy who had moved to Chicago. Shout outs to Larry. Shout outs to All Larry. All things through Larry. Yeah, we got we got to have some orange soda. It's it's really all we wanted. But I need to build the legend of Alex Bianchi right here. Okay, I need to hear it now. The he legend. wouldn't tell me. I asked him. I saw him at Standard on Monday, and I'm like, so Joe Shea said you were legendary. And he's like, I go, uh, he said he's going to save it for the podcast. Are you going to tell me? He's like, no, good. Let him let him, let him, him save it. I'm like, so I need to hear this. So I'm pretty sure I said Bianchi, Bianchi was supposed to be bringing his sister to this magic event. Which, uh-huh. Yeah, so she, she got dropped off in Kitchener somewhere in Toronto. I mean, not trying. It's somewhere in Canada near Toronto. Yeah. And we don't know why. I'm assuming she is like a secret agent or a supermodel or something. Okay. Just, just amazing. But that's where the story with her ends. We didn't get a signed token, but it's okay. We'll aim for it next time. Um, Alex Bianchi, the man, the myth, the legend. He overtakes a Buffalo legend and pulls a Mike Thomas. Whoa! He pulled a Mike Thomas. A Mike Thomas. And do you know what the Mike Thomas is? What is the Mike Thomas? The by deny. The by... <laughs> he did the by deny. Yeah, so Alex Bianchi, because he's so awesome, has three three buys for all the Grand Prix in this season. From Planeswalker points. From Planeswalker points. Yeah. So he, he goes into a grinder <laughs> just to play. Just to play. And you want to know how good Alex Bianchi is? <laughs> he is the first time, I'm pretty sure, probably the first time ever, someone has been in a single elimination event. And gone O2. That's how good he is. <laughs> what? He ended up he ended up losing in the first round, but his opponent sat at the wrong table, so the <laughs> opponent got a got a match loss, and he got on the next round. <laughs> Proceeds to lose again. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome! So he went O2 in a single elimination tournament. He did. That that's legendary. It that is. is in fact legendary. That is. I also I need to say um, shout outs to Reed Duke who came in second place. Um, we're gonna give an open invite to Mr. Reed Duke to come on our podcast. I know I, awesome. I I have pestered his one of Reed Duke's best friends, <laughs> childhood friends. Yep. Probably classmates at some point. I don't know. Lucas Labuda, Buffalo player, yep. knows Reed Duke. It's confirmed that he knows Reed Duke. Yeah, I I did test that, and it is true. Yes. So we're trying to we're trying to get him to talk to Reed because I don't want to be like, hi Reed Duke, I'm a fan of yours. Can you come on our lame podcast? Hey we... Reed Duke, can you can you come record on the podcast for us? Thanks, buddy. Exactly. I mean, he'd probably say no- yes because he's so nice. He but... is. He, I know he's such a great guy. Nice guy, Reed Duke. Yeah. So I mean, I I figure you know if we get get Lucas to be like our our middleman. You know, make us seem less creepy than we are. That'd be really helpful. <laughs> that would be very helpful. So I need to give also some shout-outs to the guys who day two the event. Um, yep. I know we, we had planned on hopefully having more guys day two, but we we only had four from the four from the area, which it's still all right, but it's not as high as we would have liked. Uh, Dean Bills, Ale, uh, Dean Bills, he played a uh, he played a uh, mill. He he did have an embarrassing moment though. <laughs> I heard about. He this. heard about this one. Yeah. He was playing against. Magic, Magic Hall of Famer Brian Kibler, and Kibler was playing some kind of nigh beats, and Kibler he was just a really nice guy too. He was watching a decent chunk of the game. Kibler seemed like a really cool guy. Um, so Dean plays Inquisition to, to go through his hand, and see what he's got. Yeah. Um, I don't hand. It was probably just random nigh crap. Finds a Laxon Smiter, pulls it away. He's like, I don't. I'm not taking the Smiter, whatever. Yeah. Um, he's debating between like Path to Exile. I mean, he's clearly not taking Path, but he's probably looking at like, Scavenging Ooze and Goyf and. You know, yeah. all that stuff. It's like, what to take, what not to take. You know, think about it for a minute or so, and Killer's like, you know, you, you probably take the Smiter. And just, like, just like jokingly saying it. Yeah, yeah. Dean's like, oh yeah, I should take the Smiter. It's a, you know, a good three drop. Takes the Smiter, he's like, I'll put that Smiter in the play. <laughs> Got him. Got him. And the best part is, on on the on Sunday, the second day, I did have Brian Kibler sign me some Loxodon Smiters. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so, so he ended up doing well. He top 100-ed. Um, so a good finish out of Dean, as expected. Just a very solid player, Rochester guy. Yeah. Um, and uh, also Alex Bianchi, day two, and he top 100 as well. Yep. Um, yeah. So he's playing uh, America America Twin. So that was awesome. Uh, as expected, Alex Bianchi did very well. Um, we also got shoutouts to Eric English, who also top 100. He's a Rochester guy as well. Yep. Uh, not sure what he was playing. Uh, he, he beat Carbonet early on, and. Uh, yeah, I really didn't keep too much track of what he was doing. Um, we also had another a guy from Newfane. This is a uh, he's kind of under the radar. Sage Price. He plays uh, nice. 
yeah, he plays at the tenth planet. And he uh, he plays around. He goes to collectors every now and then. He 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 top one hundred as well. He was playing uh, green white hate bears. Um, I I did watch him beat Alex Hain, one of the Canadian former national champions. Nice. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's one of those things. Like, uh, you know, I'm not gonna say Sage. I'm not gonna tell you know tell you guys why he did very well, but I'm pretty sure it was a combination of a good metagame choice, being very familiar with your deck. And getting lots of practice because he was yeah, wrong he, for practicing. Yeah, he came. He came to all the. Uh, he comes to modern every day, every week usually. Yes, and preparation goes a long way. So major shout out to Sage. Hopefully he's listening, and hopefully we continue to see him do very well at tournaments because he is a good player. Yep. Also, major shout outs to Matt Radijak for his Sunday Super Series top eight. Yep. He uh, he he could not. He, he, uh, he had a little issue with the draft. He he pack one, pick one, uh, Jace memory adept, uh-huh. and he got kind of cut on blue pretty hard, so it kind of broke his draft a bit. Um, that's unfortunate, but uh, he did very well making it to the top eight of the Super Series, and we hope that uh, he has continued success as we fully expect. Yep, absolutely. Yes, yeah, so we also got to say, Darren had a great reference. He said, after, after the first day, Alex was the only one who day two, so Alex got the bed, because beds <laughs> are for closers. <laughs> the beds are for closers. <laughs> nice. So yeah, so shout outs to all that. Um, also shout outs to RK Post. He was there in full force signing cards, signed me a um, voice of all. I, f- I figured that doing the podcast, uh, I-, I hope to one day be the voice of all Magic players. <laughs> Don't foresee it. Sign a token? Did you get him to sign a token? Well, I actually didn't have Dunkler tokens. They um, someone kind of dropped the ball on that and dropped the ball on a couple other things, but I'm not going to get into it. Not bitter, but I want to give shout-outs to that. I also want to give shout-outs to Dark Forest Games and Collectors Inn, uh, some b- local Buffalo stores. Um, you know, for all the players who did Top 8, uh, excuse me, uh, Top 8, the Super Series, Matt Radijak and the guys who Top 100 and Day 2 um, it really comes down to running great events, running, you know, encouraging good players to play well, and having events that foster great magic play and players to get better. Yeah. And, and stores like Dark Forest and Collectors really do that. Uh, Absolutely. High skill, you get better. I also welcome the new players. So major shout outs to these stores because they you know, they're the reason that good players become great players. Yep. And Absolutely. they're the reason guys like us get on podcasts to talk about those great players. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um uh, a Buffalo individual, one of one of our favorites, Vinny Shibetta, almost got disqualified from this event. <laughs> I have not heard this story. <laughs> so I, I heard it like third hand, but the just boiling it down to the, the nuts and bolts, he pretty much got confused and lied to a judge. <laughs> so so if I'm giving advice to people or players, if you're at a big event, your first big event, do not lie to a judge. That's Don't ever lie to a judge. Do not ever lie to a judge about anything ever. They you know, they're to make sure things go fair, no one gets a huge advantage and things like that. Just be honest. Um, if you do lie to a judge, you will be disqualified on site, and you will possibly get a DCI suspension. So do not lie to a judge. I have had it happen to me before when I was a judge, and the player got DQ'd from Grand Prix Toronto. Yep. Just in the future, just be aware of it. If if you're unsure of what you said, just just tell tell the judge everything you're thinking. Just be like, if he you know you say, did you say this? Uh, maybe I don't know. I was flustered in the moment. Just be honest. Be honest and don't put yourself in a position to lie. Yep. That's the easiest way to get a bad reputation in the magic community. It's the easiest way to get thrown out of an event. So don't do that. Um, I also have a, a – I don't want to give a shout-out to myself, but I need to – I need to give <laughs> – I do want to shout-out myself, actually. Shout-outs to Joe Shea. Shout-outs to me. Um, in, uh, in Detroit, um, we found someone who had a set of beta power. Wow. Yes, it was kind of really beats – Really, really, really beat. And um, I happen to have my jeweler's lens to, you know, look at the cards, things like that. And through doing so, I made the assessment that they were almost assuredly fake and counterfeit. Really? And I did stop someone from trading for them. So nice. that made me feel really good to to help deal with that. Uh, there were a few things I looked for just in terms of the, the card and... The, the tactile feel, the stock of it, the the way it looked up close. But another thing I looked at was the other guy's binders. He had nothing. He had, he had no good cards in his binders beyond a set of power. 
and that was an immediate red flag. So if you're ever in a trade and you're unsure if the card's real or not, I mean, this, this doesn't happen very often. Usually if you're trading for, you know, expensive magic cards, it's probably about 20 to keep an eye out, you know, power cards, alpha beta stuff, some legends cards. If, if you think it might be counterfeit, just, just look at their other binders, see if they have cards in there that might be, you know, really you know, comparable. If, if the guy had, you know, 20 duels, set of forces, some mana drains, just other stuff like top tier foils, yeah. Wife's confidence. You kind of know that maybe this guy actually, you know, they're real and things like that. But if he has nothing, it's almost sure that they're fake. And, you know, I'm not here to say, you know, don't trust anyone you trade with. But in terms of huge, you know, huge, huge trades worth several hundreds to thousands of dollars, just be very aware of what you're getting into and know, you know, use your best judgment. And more importantly, ask other people. Ask the, 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 the stores, the vendors there are always willing to help. Yep. So just you never want to get burned. So just just in the future, keep an eye out for that. If you actively trading for big stuff, I myself was actively trading for big stuff as well. I picked up a ancestral recall and I picked up a time walk, finishing my set of unlimited power. Nice. So I now have no reason to trade or anything. <laughs> yep, you're done. I'm done. That's it. Just gonna yeah. Just Bye everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, I can now go to vintage world championships and go 04. Yep, that's the dream. Go, go 3 not drop. Yeah. Four. I want to lose to I want to lose to a deck that doesn't play any power. <laughs> I want to lose to a deck that plays no power, no dual lands, just like mono mono blue mill. The place yeah, like Jace's phantasm. Yeah, he uh, he proxied his uh, like uh, glimpse the unthinkable or something. <laughs> Ten dollar card he proxied. That's the dream. Yep. So yes, um, I also want to just do some local. Uh, local bookkeeping here in terms of things going on. Uh, the Slam Dunkers will be at Dark Forest Games on Friday doing a live podcast. It's going to be awesome. going to be amazing. going to have a great time. Hope to see you there. Gonna shout outs. We'll have tokens. We'll have food there. Uh, come out. check Dress out. up. Dress up. That's a big thing. We're going to take a bunch of pictures of people dressed up, put them on the, the Dunkler page, and hopefully we will uh, Hopefully we'll have a great, great time. I, I know it's going to be great. Um, it's yeah, it's going to be awesome. Yes. Um, we also have news about the Gary Horschel Memorial event. For those uh, you know new to this you know, podcasting, like that Gary uh, was a Buffalo player. He just passed away recently, and uh, just a great guy. Loved drafting with him. Loved doing sit with him, hanging out with him. Just just, just a great a great person. Forget the great man, person. Yeah. Yeah. Just just always always nice to everyone. Just it, yeah, just great guy. Um, collectors in. Uh, has been working with Phil Detellis, who's one of one of Gary's best friends, and uh, we're doing an event on October 20th. Um, it's going to be a 64 person eliminate, uh, not not eliminate, 64 person event. Um, so I think sealed is going to be six rounds. Sealed was Gary's sealed was Gary's format. I've been talking to Phil about this. We're going to be doing um, prizes for the top. There's going to be free food. There's going to be prizes to the top. Uh, everyone who plays. Um, we're going to be giving away some of Gary's cards. What they're doing is they're actually making a stamp, like the the Grand Prix and the Pro Tour stamps, and stamping Gary's cards, like in memory of Gary or, or Gary Horschel, uh, rest in peace, or or something like that. It's a way to, you know, have some of his cards, you know, go to good homes and have people, you know, when, when I cast that card, I'll think, of, you know, think of Gary or think of the time yeah. had, and it's just a just a great idea. I, I can't, I can't. Tell Phil and Joe from Collectors how great of an idea it was, and I'm very yep. happy to be a part of this. I will. I think we'll be bringing a try to get the the the, the setup going so we can record matches. Mm-hmm. Going to be recording uh, people talking about Gary, their stories, their memories, because that'd be a great thing for his family to have. So um, if you guys knew Gary and you, you don't want to feel like playing in the event, just come by, record a few words, let us know uh, memories. Things like that, because it really means a lot to uh, to his family, and it means a lot to other Magic players who, you know, consider him a very good friend. So, um, major, major shout-outs to collectors, and thanks to everyone who's been helping on that. Major shout-outs to the guys at MTG Cast for having us set up here. We appreciate the fact that uh, you guys like the podcast and you want us to be part of the MTG Cast community. Um, I know John and I were excited. We are going to hopefully do as much as we can to help grow the community and hopefully put out some great content the MTG cast listeners yep. find uh, find entertaining and, and helpful. Um, yeah, do you have any... Uh, I know we're, we're kind of running a... I got a little sidetracked here and there. Do you have any thoughts <laughs> on... Uh, there's a Theros event coming up pre-release like hours from now. 
Yeah. So, so what are your what are your thoughts on that? Give us like a, a minute on that. All right. So uh, I've looked through the the spoiler a little bit. I've done some uh, like fake mock drafts, and uh, basically I've been I've ended up in white nine out of ten times. Um, and uh, th- that's just my initial reaction. It seems like there's a good uh, red white aggro deck. Um, it also seems like there's a good. Um, Mono white deck like the bestow card. All the bestow cards are good. The um, devotion cards are good. Um, there's decent, though not great, but there's decent removal in white. Um, and a lot of the commons uh, seem really good. Um, a, a lot of the cheap cards have good heroic abilities. I put one more counters on them. Um, it seems pretty good. Um, although this could, the whole aggro deck could be completely squashed by the fact that there are about five hundred thousand two threes for three in this format. <laughs> uh, and but the thing is, I'm notorious for never being able to beat Riot Devils. You no matter beat what, Riot Devils. I cannot make a deck in limited or constructed, for that matter, that <laughs> can beat a Riot Devils. So you know what? I'm just gonna keep on drafting Boros, just like I did in Gate Crash, just like I did in Dragon's Maze. And that's probably what I'm going to keep doing uh, in uh, Theros, at least, you know, in the initial thing, before people really figure out, like, the groove of the format. Um, It also seems that a lot of the cards are uh, underpowered in terms of um, power-toughness to mana-cost ratio. There are, there's, like, a 2-3 flyer for 5, I see. There's, like, a 3-3 for 6. Like, these things... Have not happened in a while. You're These... supposed to be guaranteed a three-three flyer with an ability for five. Yeah, for that's, five. That's, yeah. that's always how it is. You know the yeah. uh, Sky Eel School. The um, yep. You know, Murder of Crows is a four-four for Murder six. Murder Crows is insane. No, it's for five. For five? Was for it was five. five? Oh my god. Murder we, of Crows was insane. Yeah. We were spoiled. This oh my god. Coastline Chimera is a one-five flyer for four, and you can pay two off. You can pay one in a white. This cost. This is a blue creature. You can pay one and a white to make it block an additional creature. Like that card is underpowered compared to what we've been used to. This uh, Horizon Scholar is a four-four flyer for six, which isn't the worst. But it's not good. Enters the battlefield. Scry two, not that great. Um, and a lot of the cards are on this like leveled down, uh, you know, power level. Um, I mean, the whole format is obviously going to be like this, but I think it's going to be a little while. The one three for four with a comes into play like discard ability, like that's not. The, these are not the numbers we're used to seeing um, in the last, you know, two three sets in terms of power toughness to uh, mana cost ratio. Um, so it's kind of another, important to scale down your expectations and. Yeah. A lot of cards that we don't think would be playable based on older formats are probably playable and might even be really good. Um, another thing I noticed is there's not a lot of good removal. Um, there are there's some damage based removal. Um, Ferrica's Curse is uh, Soren's Thirst reprint. Uh, yep. There's the Searing Spear reprint. Um, besides that, everything costs like five or six, or even more to do uh, removal. And, uh, you know, th- those are the, like, knowing what the removal is costed, whether, what, like, the instant speed removal, especially the cheap instant speed removal, knowing what it's costed um, at common and uncommon is really uh, relevant in terms of doing good and limited. Um, I mean, it's always nice to look through the spoiler before the pre release, anyways. It really gives you an, um, uh, an edge over uh, your opponent, especially since there are a lot of combat tricks. There are a ton of combat tricks in this format. Um, I'm pretty sure almost every color has some sort of combat trick. So if you're uh, you know attacking or blocking and your opponent's got mana open, just be be prepared for some sort of uh, pretty swingy. Uh, Better have your own. Yeah, I think that uh, in lieu of hard removal, it's going to be a lot of just playing combat tricks to to use your um, creatures as removal with your. Uh, you know your combat tricks, so that that's my initial uh, overview. Obviously, I'm gonna have a, a better idea after the pre-release, after I do some real drafts and stuff, and actually play with the cards. You're gonna kind of get a better idea, and uh, I'm sure we'll go over a, a little more of that at a different time. Yeah, we'll hopefully. This is the this is the, this is the the quick minute recap of my initial reactions of of, of Theros. Yeah. So yeah, I figure we'll next week talk about the talk about that what we've learned, uh, talk about awesome polls we've had. Uh, things like that. Talk about the, the the live podcast, how that went. Give uh, give our new listeners some idea as to what the live Dunkler podcast entails. Yeah. So um, 
yeah, until next week, guys, I uh, just want to thank everyone for listening. Hopefully, uh, we got a bunch of new listeners from MTG Cast. Yep. Uh, shout outs to Chewy for helping us uh, get all set up on the site. Um, yep. Thank yeah, it, was, you. it was really, really helpful uh, just making sure all the, the little stuff was taken care of. Also, major shout outs to Dustin for helping with the banner. Um, we're also on iTunes. He, he helped take care of that. So, shout um, outs to Alex Bianchi. Shout for... outs to Alex Bianchi. <laughs> shout outs also, to. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, I was just going to say, make sure. Uh... To like the Facebook page, um, that, that's really going to help us out. It's going to give us, I mean, with MGG Cast and iTunes, it's going to you know help us out too. But uh, the the Facebook page really gives us a, an avenue to really take your suggestions and kind of see what people want and uh, what what they want from us and what we can do to kind of communicate with you and have you tell us what you want out of the podcast. So we can really uh, use that information to kind of better the podcast for you guys. Yeah, so I mean, we're just trying to tailor it to you know the, the, what people want to hear, what they need to hear, and all that stuff. So check us out uh, facebook.com backslash the slam dunklers and on top of that you guys can always um if you have any topics you want discussed um anything you guys want to hear or just dumb things oh and um, follow us on twitter too follow us on twitter yep at this at the slam dunklers um i know that john is a, an avid avid lover of all things on reddit yeah. oh god no i'm not so if, you, if anyone sees anything <laughs> awful or awesome on reddit tweet it at us and we'll talk about it in the show we'll post it on the facebook page or yeah. post it on the facebook yes so um uh i guess uh welcome to mtg cast john um feels good i know so uh we'll hopefully guys see you guys next week and uh enjoy the enjoy the cast